Hey, you're listening to The 100 Day Project Podcast. The 100 Day Project is a free global art movement. Every spring, thousands of people all around the world commit to 100 days of exploring their creativity and sharing their process online. Find out more at the100dayproject.org. Hey, and welcome to the 100 Day Project podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Jean Thompson, and my guest today is Andy J. Pizza. Hello. Andy, hey. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We, we I, can I start anytime. In. Yeah, all right. There you go. Um, Andy's an American illustrator, podcaster, and public speaker. His explosive color-drenched illustrations have brought hope and smiles to clients like the New York Times, Nickelodeon, Amazon, YouTube, and Warby Parker. That's a cool list. Thanks. Uh, he's the founder of the Creative Pep Talk podcast, which does what it says it does. It gives pep talks to creative people. Creative Pep Talk has been featured by Apple, BuzzFeed, and Threadless. The book was published by Chronicle Books in the spring of 2017. Miller uses exclamation points liberally, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, <laughs> and has been known to type in all caps for no reason at all, and sometimes uses emojis in business emails. True. The this pizza true. family happily live in the great city of Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Andy. Correct. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Feeling this- good if the sun shines out. You know what? I'm Here in San good. Francisco, too. We, we, I'm ready for this. I feel like we really needed it, right? I do. I need it bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you actually interviewed me and Elle last year. We had the great pleasure of being on Creative Pep Talk. Yeah. And I enjoyed that so much that I wanted to uh, turn the tables. That sounds kind of aggressive. but <laughs> <laughs> Turn the tables turn on the you. Tables yeah, on we you. had a great chat. It was a really popular episode, and we got to do kick off a hundred day project with the community, and they they freaking nailed that. I I ended up following like the creative pep talk community doing the hundred day project, and there were like thousands and thousands, like an astronomical amount of posts on the back of that. So it was a massive success. So thanks for coming on the show and doing that. That you know we enjoyed that so much, and that was a year ago, and I still get emails and posts on social from people who are like, I just listened to that episode. You have such an amazing community. And like, I, I think that's an important thing to talk about because a lot of times people think about, you know, a podcast in terms of like an audience, Mm. but there's such a big difference between an audience and a community. Your community even has a name. What do you call them? The creative pepperonis. Pepperonis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think uh, there was a big shift in my thinking even recently uh i kind of got words for it but it was a it was a shift that happened a long time ago and i think there was this thing that happened where in pursuing my art in connection with other people i shifted from this is kind of embarrassing to say but i don't think it's i don't think it's unusual for a creative person uh but i shifted from kind of seeking glory for myself mm-hmm. instead seeking impact and yeah. I think, I think that it's, I think the result of them looks kind of similar. Like, like glory can look like tons of listeners, but so can impact, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think, and I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm maybe I am more egotistical than the next person. I don't know, but I feel like a lot of artists 
mix that up. And it's easy to think that the art game or the podcast game or the creative game, whatever you're making is about getting as much, amassing as much Quantity. glory and yeah. fans and, yeah. and just people surrounding you saying, you're awesome. <laughs> um, instead of thinking about giving creative things away as a gift that kind of, you know, serve and and connect you with other people and, and impact people. And so I do think the difference between my audience and um, others maybe is that we, I feel like we have a pretty strong connection by this thing that uh, we're making together. Yeah. Like you're both of service to them, but there's like a reciprocity there because people engage. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, it's the thing that, uh, fuels me 100% where I see these stories that come out of, uh, you know, people hearing something they needed to hear right at the second they needed to hear it. Or, Isn't that the best? You know, oh, it's the absolute best. Yeah. It, it definitely fuels my fire for the podcast. I was watching your Instagram stories this morning and <laughs> you're like better than a cup of coffee because you have so much energy and enthusiasm yeah. that almost like by oh osmosis, God. I get, I get a dose of that. Um, yeah. but you, you said something <laughs> I thought that was really, uh, really sweet that you want to make stuff that makes people say yes to life. Yeah. And I feel like as I say that, I feel afraid that somehow it's going to come across trite or insincere or too much like, you know, lettering on Pinterest or whatever. <laughs> and I get that. <laughs> but the truth is there's a, a, at least a deep philosophy in me about that, you know, going into the hero's journey and all that kind of stuff about that's kind of what accepting being a human is. And I think that we don't, there's something about that phrase of like, it, I think for the longest time I was saying no to life and I was afraid of life and afraid of adulthood and, and all these different things. And I found that all the art that makes me, gives me courage and determination to take on life head on and, and not just accept it, but mold it and, and change it. And if it's, if I'm not sure if life is good, then try to make it good. And so I think there's some kind of internal switch for me where it's either I'm saying no to life or saying yes to life. And a lot of times the difference between that switch is some story or art that I came in contact with. And so I want to learn the craft of, you know, I want to know what, what's the code, what are the gears in the kind of human brain where you can, you know, use storytelling or foreshadowing or pay, you know, different payoffs and punchlines and what have you to, to get people to switch that switch on in their minds. And I feel like because like great art does that for you, you have like almost an under, it's like almost like an understanding or an internalization of like that process of the hero's journey or what that rhythm is. Yes, I think that is the key to creativity and your own voice as I think we think a lot about voice like technical ability or talent or or something like that and I think it has a lot more to do with taste mm -hmm. and sensitivity like I was like massively struck by this thing I heard Gordon Ramsay say uh, when he was on some talk show they were like what do you look for in young chefs that makes you think they have potential to be great chefs and he said, I look for the chefs that have great taste, 
Like they have to have the palate. Yeah. They have to have the taste yeah. buds that can tell the difference between good food and bad food. And that's your sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And so you can, this is what I think is meant, or this is how I take the idea of writing what you know, is that I know I have a sensitivity to the things that make me say yes to life. And I, it's a very sensitive thing on my palate. And because of that, I can detect all these different notes of like, what, what was it that did that to me? You know, what are the spices that are involved in making that internal combustion in me? And I think if you have that sensitivity, if you have the different, the right kinds of taste buds to pick up on a thing, then you can reproduce it. And you know, you know, if you know what good food is, you can figure out how to make it. And I think there's something there, you know, that I've heard a lot of people say, you know, make the movie you want to see, make the t-shirt you want to wear. You Tapping into your own taste, I think, is the key to getting something that resonates on a deep level. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's such a good point. And I think that's part of why a lot of people are doing the project, right? They're trying to find their voice or their style, right? The yes. thing that makes them them. And that can be a frustrating thing, particularly when you have kind of this this vision, even if you can't see it quite clearly yet, but like a feeling or a knowing and like what you're making yeah. doesn't necessarily line up with that yet. But the things that you really like, the things that you consume, the things that you pay attention to uh, are all really great information about what lights you up and what, yes. right? Yeah, totally. And, and actually, you know, one of the reasons I'm so crazy about the 100 Day Project is I did a project that years ago, like 2011, that was actually a 260 day project, which was about, uh, I did a new character every weekday for a year. And that, that was the key to unlocking my creative voice, or at least the first fruits of my creative voice. And I think one of the things that happens when you do that kind of quantity is that it leads to quality through you know, yeah, you're familiar with, totally. I th- it sounds like you were talking about, uh, it remind what you said reminds me of that Ira Glass video where he talks about the gap between your taste yeah, and your work. Absolutely. Are you familiar with that? So, uh, you know, what I love about working it out in the work, these questions of what's my voice and, and whatever, uh, what I love about quantity is that in that process of trying to bridge the gap between you and your heroes or you and your taste, the coolest thing happens when you make tons and tons of work, you fail. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and this is what I love about that is that I think the last phase of truly discovering your gift is when you realize I'm never, you know, you after after making like 200 pieces in that project, I realized like, I'm never going to be my heroes. And that is the best news ever because they're not the hero of my story. Yeah. And and they can't, you know, I always say like, uh, when Neo from The Matrix, I talk about The Matrix all the time. <laughs> people, people give me a hard time about it, but it's one of my favorite movies. And, uh, and it's a great example of the hero's journey that, you know, a lot of people know about. Um, but when Neo realizes he can't be Morpheus. And at first that's kind of like, oh man, I'll never be what he is. But then the realization next is, well, that's great because Morpheus can't do what I'm here to do. And so I think by putting in all this quantity and trying to bridge that gap, you do get better. You do change a lot, but ultimately you have that failure. And that failure is the first fruits of doing things your own way. 
And for me, the quantity of a 100-day project is so crucial to kind of having that death and rebirth. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, even the things that you don't like, or maybe especially the things that you create that you don't like, that you think, oh, that's bad, that's still just information, right? Totally. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, it's giving you something to go off. And it's, I, you know, one of the things I think is a real detriment to creative people is we get stuck in our head, we get navel gazy, we start <laughs> thinking that we can work all of this stuff out in our head. And I think ultimately, that's why I keep going back to that same phrase over and over is work it out in the work. You have a hypothesis, like every piece of work you make is in some ways like a hypothesis. You're like, I think it's this. Like, I I love talking to, uh, I love talking to musicians like right in the middle of recording Mm -hmm. an album because they always have a whole new philosophy of like how they got it wrong on the last album (laughs) and what they're going to be doing. This is going to be different. And it's just these hypotheses of like, Seth Godin would say, this is your guess of, I think this is good taste. And then you put it down on the page. You're like, nope, I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, And that's the process. And I think that the more tests, the the more progress. And that just means more. I, I like that analogy of it being an experiment. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think of everything in my, I think of every, uh, you know, I think of my whole journey as just a massive series of experiments. And when you finish the piece of work or the project or whatever, uh, at least at the very least, you've crossed off something off your list. You're like, you know, in the back of my mind, I always thought I'd be a character designer. I thought I'd be a writer. I thought I'd be a musician, whatever it is. And you do the project and you actually put the work out there and you realize, oh, it didn't work. That's one, that's progress because you're crossing that thing off the back of your list. You don't have to think about that anymore. Or if it works, and, and, and at that point you can pivot or it does work and you can press on. But you know, every 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 project I've ever done has kind of been um, a scientific experiment, like the scientific process approach to making things. Yeah, you know, I I um come back to something that you said to me last year on the podcast a lot. I, I think of it often actually. We were talking about uh, you were asking me about my writing, which which at the time had been a lot around around cancer and yeah. Um and I was kind of talking about how, you know, I'd always kind of like felt that I was a writer, but I never really like liked what I wrote and there was this desire to write. And you said something that was so insightful. It was like, there's, there's this switch that kind of happens between having like the desire to have a voice or a style or a visual voice. Right. Um, and, uh, the need to have some, the, the difference between having the desire to say it and something that you actually have to say, something that you need to say. And that yeah. that's the point where your voice kicks in. Yes. I, I th- One thing uh, that I have been thinking a lot lately, uh, thinking about a lot lately is something I didn't notice that I would do when I go to make something, either a podcast or, you know, some art or whatever. And I would notice that kind of almost like a subconscious mantra as I'm like going on a walk or taking a bath or whatever it is, I'm like trying to come up with what I'm going to do. I find myself saying the same thing over and over again, which is, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? Like, what, what do I have to say? And I think that there's this get, you know, I'll get, I'll get stuck in my head when I'm making something, getting caught up on 
what are the, you know, what are the, what do people like on Instagram? Like, <laughs> why, you know, what, what, what are they, they like this clever stuff that, you know, I, I get real cerebral with it. And I feel like that almost never leads to anything good. But when I go down to like, what is the kernel of an idea or an, an emotion that deeply resonates with me that I have to communicate? And if I can like dig super deep into that and start from that place, then I can usually come up with something that I feel pretty good about. If I start, you know, I think if I start with uh, thinking, I don't know, that I have to say something or that I have to say something really cool, it rarely <laughs> like turns into anything good. But um, I think asking myself, do I have to say something and what is it? Uh, that is really helpful to me. Is that kind of what you're speaking to? Yeah. And I think it's true for people doing the project too, right? You know, sometimes people have a vision of, you know, a book or, uh, you know, a portfolio or whatever it may be. And those are great goals, but it's really hard to start something like this and show up every day. Uh, if that's all that you're, if you're thinking about that type of outcome rather than like what you want to say on a day-to-day basis. Yes. You know what? It reminds me of this person that I uh, was kind of, I did a, like a one-on-one call with this guy and we, we spent an hour talking about different things he could do as an illustration project. And we came up with some stuff that I think was pretty cool, but at the end of it, and, and the whole time I'm telling him like, you know, what does illustration, what's the purpose of it for you? And why, why would anyone hire you to do it? Like, what does it actually do? How does it enhance someone's message? What, what's the value people are getting from it? Because you need to be able to like command that and, and, and do that on purpose to have a business or to whatever, if that's what you want to do. But anyway, he, we went through this big call and then at the end of it, he was like, by the way, this is just like completely off the record. It has nothing to do with uh, what we're talking about, <laughs> but not off the record like he yeah, didn't want yeah. me to mention on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Just meaning it wasn't to do with the call. Uh, that he was like, I got to tell you about this meditation. There's this meditation that I do and it completely changed my life. And he went on for like 10 minutes telling me about this very particular uh, strand of meditation and everything about it and all this stuff. And he's like, I've just been telling every person that I talk to because it's changed my life. And I was like, why don't you make that into an illustration project? What do you mean it's not related? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I was like, the, the whole idea of, you know, you just sat here kind of really struggling to communicate what it's done for you. And I was like, that is the power of pictures. Like you have the power to use analogy and visual metaphor and all the, and, and, and just, you know, diagrams to get this thing out there. That's clearly on your heart and actually do it in a way. Hopefully your art, I always talk about your art should be something like a, you're familiar with like uh, a mech suit. I think, mm, do you know what I mean? No. That's kind of like the best thing. It's like basically, I can't think of the best, like, I don't know, cultural reference, but it's just basically like a big robot suit that you get in. Like Iron Man has one. Uh, like, that's the Hulk buster. Like your superhero kind of. Persona. True, but it's like 10 times bigger than you. Okay. It makes you okay. way bigger. Okay. 
Yeah, but you're, it's basically like a humanoid suit. Anyway, I talk about how this is what your art has the potential to be. Like if you could say what you want to say or do, you know, accomplish what you want to accomplish with, uh, with just mere words or just in your everyday, like without art, then you're not using art to its greatest capability. Like it has the power to enhance your message. It should make it more clear, bigger, more powerful, more attention grabbing. And there's that quote, I'm, I cannot remember where it comes from. You might be able to put it in the show notes or something, but, uh, he said, it's a painter who said, uh, if I could explain it with words, I wouldn't had, I wouldn't have had to paint it. And so what are those things that are on your heart? You matter to you. You can actually use your creativity to make a bigger impact, make, yeah. you know, get it into more people, communicate it instead of just talking. Um, yeah, I think that there's, there's something to that. And what helps you do that? Good question. <laughs> I think that uh, the thing that for me, I think a lot about, I think a lot about stand-up comedy, not because I do that, but because they, it's creativity with such a clear payoff. And that's interesting to me in terms of growth, like having that clear metric is that they're going for laughs and they have a lot. If you listen to comedians long enough, you're going to hear them talk about punching up the joke and tags and punchlines. And, you know, they have all this language around it. You know, the people that are real technicians, they are, you know, they're like virtuoso violin players, but the instrument is the human person <laughs> and, and, and they're getting laughs out of them. And I, I'm so fascinated by that idea of craft and technique. And for me, I think a, I read and think a lot about storytelling and I think a lot about analogy and metaphor. You know, I like the idea of when it comes to communication, which is a lot of what I'm trying to do. I think about how in the mind they talk about an analogy being like sending a car down a pre-existing highway instead of like making a highway and, and you know <laughs> putting cars down like and so it's just this idea that uh, for me I I want to learn what are the techniques that like if I, if I go up and someone says hey Andy tell us about yourself or you know tell us your story and I just kind of randomly go about the various details of my past, it's not really going to do anything for anybody. But if I learned the the technique of storytelling and foreshadowing and payoffs and all that kind of stuff, I can actually have, I can transfer my thoughts and feelings and what, what my life has taught me from one human to another human. And so I think just like craft, technique, practice, uh, yeah, being aware of all the tools at your disposal, whether that's analogy, metaphor, contrast, all that stuff is it has the potential of taking your human puny body and putting it in this art mech uh, <laughs> robot. <laughs> If that makes any sense. I yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. Is Someone that, might make sense of that. Yeah. Is that is that part of why you started the podcast? Yeah, that is. That's absolutely why I started the podcast. So when I started the podcast, uh, it was very much about 
It was very much out of gratitude for my past self for saying yes to life, saying yes to the journey. So there was a point in my, there's lot, there's lots of points in my uh, late teens, early 20s where I was hitting some big obstacles, hitting rock bottom, all kinds of uh, bad situations where I felt like giving up. And something in me just continued to say yes to the call. And I look back at that person and I want to communicate so many things to him. I want to encourage him. I want to thank him. And I, and I think, uh, and I also think like, being a creative who ventured into the uh, magical waters of <laughs> business um, <laughs> and and having learned a lot of things and kind of found a lot of elixirs, so to speak, I felt kind of a responsibility to turn back when I was when I started to thrive and started to uh, you know have a real foundation for my business. I felt like I wanted to turn back and share that with my past self, AKA all the other people that were in my shoes, um, currently. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is like, you can't go back and tell your past self, but the like next best thing, or maybe even the better thing is to be able to help somebody else. Yes. And I would just say that we don't know if you can go back and change. That's, that's fair. <laughs> we don't know that, Lindsay. All right. You're Just right. let me have my sci-fi <laughs> I'm saying adventure. Yes. I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to that. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can. Alternate but, yeah, universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's right other, now. you know, the multiverse and all that kind of stuff. There's some kind of transcendence going on. But uh, I, yeah, I, I felt like I just wanted to, I've, the whole idea is that once you gain things, you go back and give them to the new heroes so that they can go farther than you and, and do it with less pain and struggle. And so I wanted to communicate all the things that switched me on to life and switched me on to my creative career and transfer that from me to other people and that. And, and also, you know, I think another thing worth noting is when I started the podcast, I very much thought of it as like education uh, and, you know, business. And I, I think the real inflection point that I hit that changed everything for the podcast is when I quit thinking of it as just education or business and started thinking of it as art in its own right. Yeah. I started, and I think there's some kind of, if you can, whatever your, whatever your thing is, whatever your, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever your journey is, I think if you can own it as art, whether anybody else does uh, or not, there's a there's an intentionality and a care mm -hmm. and, a, and a level of delight you're willing to bake into the stuff that you do on a daily basis. You know, sometimes I, there's a restaurant here in town that, not, there's a lot of good restaurants here, but there's a rest, one restaurant where you go there and it's art. And I, when you're there, you're grateful for the people who created this space. And they thought about the music and the service and the colors and the lighting and everything about it. And you can just sense it like, this is art. And I think art is the best of what humans have to give. And, and I think we can give it in all kinds of different ways. But when I started to see the podcast as art and uh, not just education, I feel like it, it had a pretty big inflection point. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think it speaks to the fact that there are so many different ways to approach art, right? Like you don't have to identify as an artist to create art. That's the beauty of making things like the act of creating or curating an experience for others can be art. Yeah. I actually think like a lot of people, I, I think when you will approach, th- I think it's even more power. It's it's one thing if you, I just interrupted myself three times. I'm aware of it, <laughs> uh, but if you, uh, <laughs> I have ADHD, I'm very open about it. Um, but if you approach art as an artist, like, yeah, that that's fine. And that's great. But I think it's even, it's almost um, disarming and alarming if you approach things that people don't think of as art with that kind of intentionality and and giving that much life into something. And I feel like when I started making that switch and I decided I'm going to like dedicate myself to the craft of whatever this monologue thing is and whatever this interview thing is and whatever the art of that is. And I think honestly that it caught on to the degree that it has because people are like, what is this? Like, <laughs> like I, th- I have a sense that there's not, when you really give a thing that level of love, which is what I, I try to do, and pour yourself into it and pour your voice into it, I think that there's just this life-giving thing that happens where, you know, and, and t- I, I'm sure I do a bunch of stinkers of episodes. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not tooting my horn too much here, but I do think we have, whether, you know, whether it's not the biggest podcast in the world, but I do think the connection that I have with my audience is special. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, it could be a list of 11 Photoshop hacks and me reading them. Uh, But there's, there's a lot of storytelling, there's a lot of love, and there's a lot of passion. Um, And I think that comes from that energetic shift of seeing it as art. And I feel like it, it's, there's a feeling that's mutual there. I mean, I'm a listener and I feel that way. I'm really impressed by how much goes into your episodes. It seems like you put a ton of time into them. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a heck of an endeavor. And actually, you know, the the more I the further I go and and hopefully the better that I get at doing it, the more, you know, once you have a lot more technique, you can actually give a thing a lot more. Like it used to be when I didn't maybe have as clear of an idea of what I was doing, it was easy to do an episode in a day. But like the episode I, re- I did to, that I really released today, I probably put 40 hours into it over the past couple months. 40 and hours? Wow, that's... Yeah, I mean, it started to... Amazing. ...break my career at the seams a little bit, and I'm having to re- <laughs> reevaluate what I'm doing with my life. But, um, but, I'm, but I love every second of it, too, so... Wow. Well, I love the podcast and I know a lot of other people do too. I'm wondering, do you have a favorite episode? That's a really good question. So there's this one episode from last year where I interviewed Lindsay Jean Thompson and <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a super great episode. I've had tons of amazing feedback about that episode. Uh, besides your guys' episode, I would say... I had a really good conversation with my friend, Fran. She goes by Fran Erd. She's a YouTuber and illustrator. She's got a, an amazing Instagram she, where she does all these really personal, vulnerable comics. And we just had a really authentic, long chat. I just did a two-part episode with my friend, Susie Altman, where 
it was very deep. We talked about her sister passing from cancer and we talked about um, her divorce and how uh, even though that was a death of sorts, like it was a rebirth of her and creativity. And uh, that was really meaningful to me. And it kind of came to me at a time where I needed to hear it, um, even just recently. And then I think uh, one of my favorite episodes of the monologue episodes, you're, I'm, I'll be able to send you the actual uh, number when, after this is done. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's an episode about i did on this <laughs> it's, it's a history channel show called the curse of oak island that sounds and uh, <laughs> i always use these like weird overarching uh, metaphors and anyway it's it's about how the the road with the most booby traps has the greatest treasure at the end and that you can shift your perspective that says like, if you're walking down a road on your creative career and it's like paved and there's all these cod, you know, there's a whole cottage industry set up to serve you drinks and tutorials and whatever on your way. And it's just the most pleasant uh, path imaginable. The treasure at the end of that road is gone. Like there's nothing to gain at the end of that path. But if you, if there is no path and it's like straight up wilderness and you're just constantly like running into obstacles, like there's stuff at the end of that. And I was at this time, it's also a little bit about the Goonies. There's a big monologue. Uh, I think it's Sean Astin that says it. And he says something about how there must've been some, there must be some really great treasure at the end of this to set up the, this many booby traps. And I think, uh, that episode's really powerful for me. It was a big mindset shift because it meant that instead of getting discouraged when I hit obstacles in my creative career, which I constantly do, I just do what they say on that show, uh, which is uh, they, they they'll hit booby traps. And sorry, I'm going on a giant rant. This <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to get it downloading it. Um, but the the when they're digging for treasure on this island, when they hit booby traps, it's just confirmation that there's something down there. And instead of being like, oh man, I can't believe we hit another trap, they look at each other and they're like. Oak Island, like, yeah, what do you expect? Like, that's good news. And so now that shift has helped me when I hit those things to be like, Art Island, that's that's what it is. When you're trying to do something new, trying to do something fresh, trying to do something that's never been done, you're going to hit obstacles and it's and it's a sign that you're on the right path. And that that's one of my favorite episodes. It's also a fan favorite. So there you go. I'll, I'll send you the number in the show notes or for, for the show notes. Yeah, for everyone listening, make sure to check out the show notes to find links to all of these episodes. Andy, it's been so great having you. And uh, before you go, we'll be on day 49 of the project when this episode airs. Do you have any words of wisdom for folks who are uh, about the halfway point? Yes, I, I will say that, you know, when I started my 260-day project, for the first like hundred days, nobody cared. Nobody, you know, shared it. It nothing was really happening. And I think the thing that really helped me keep going was realizing that I wasn't doing the work to be seen as much as I was doing it to hear my voice. And so I think that if you can kind of approach it as 
discovery and and have the hopes that there is gold at the end of this that you can keep digging. So like I I'm I'm on this art island thing now. Can't get off um, that island. I can't move on. <laughs> I can't move on. But I I do think that if you can get a sense that you're doing it more for your own personal discovery than you are for the hype of other people that I think you'll get the most out of it. And, and, and I also think that you should start with something that you just like to exist within, like just topics and content. That's the kind of thing that you could just spend tons and tons of time thinking about. And that, that really helped me on my bigger projects. It's got to come from not just a thing where, you're like, oh, this could work, or this this is a good strategy, or this might get me some likes, or whatever. But something where you're like, when you think about this, you're willing to get up out of bed at 4 a.m. to work on it. Like it's you're like, oh, I've got to do this. I love that, Andy. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and share with me and with the 100 Day Project community. Uh, You put so many good things out into the world. It really is an inspiration. Wow, thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Lindsay Jean Thompson. This episode is sponsored by Going Graphic. If you're a creative looking to grow your brand, Going Graphic is your answer. Whether you've been in business for years or just getting started, Going Graphic can help you build your business while you get to focus on the stuff you love doing. Going Graphic specializes in logo design, print design, and marketing, including social media management, email marketing, blog posts, and more. For a free consultation, visit goinggraphic.com and mention The 100 Day Project. Freedom to be creative is here for you.